It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to Pit Pass Moto, the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. I'm Dave Sulecki. And I'm PJ Doran. And this week we have Andrew Lee. Pit Pass Moto is sponsored by Moto America. Moto America is the home of the AMA Superbike Championship, featuring 190 mile an hour superbikes and is the official sponsor of Pit Pass Moto. You can follow Moto America on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. They had an incredible bunch of racing we're going to be talking about later this past weekend. They offer over $1 million in Superbike purse money this year. Viewership has exceeded $5 million already this year. Thank you, Moto America, for doing what you're doing. We truly appreciate it. Their online coverage is amazing. Check them out at Moto America Live Plus. It's where I watched all the action this weekend when they were in New Jersey. They air in so many places on so many channels. Get to their website, MotoAmerica.com. Check out exactly when, where you can get broadcasts, recaps, inside stories. Moto America Live Plus has just proven to be my favorite place to go to watch stuff because they give you everything. Check your local listings on MotoAmerica.com. And now here's the latest in industry news. Dave, what happened in the off-road world? Oh, so much racing to talk about. We have... Two rounds at Redbud. Redbud one, which took place on the fourth of uh, September, four fifty class, and Zach Osborne continues to rule. He went one one for first overall. Chase Sexton, the rookie in the four fifty class, comes in second place with a three four, and Justin Barsha comes out of nowhere with a six two and finishes third overall. He's been on fire. He's uh, a lot of people think he's uh, racing for a job, but uh, I think he's got that Yamaha deal locked down for next year in the two fifty class. We have J-Mart sweeping the class with a 1-1. It was great to see the Honda Rider, the Geico Honda Rider, followed by RJ Hampshire and his Husqvarna with a 2-5. And friend of the show, Mr. McElrath, with an 8-2 for third overall. Really strange. But the big story of that first round was Eli Tomac with a 4-5 for sixth overall. So he's really... Uh, Falling back in the points, the defending champs, so we'll see how that shakes up. Red Bud round two, which followed on the seventh. Adam Ciancerillo, the 450 outdoor rookie, comes in first with a 1-3 for first overall in the 450 class, followed by Blake Baggett, who lit it on fire the second moto, just ran a heater with a 6-1 for second overall, followed by Zach Osborne for third overall with a 4-2. And Tomac, he really finished off the podium in fifth with a 2-7 for fifth overall. So he's struggling in the points to keep up. Zach Osborne continues to be a red plate holder with 212 points, followed by Marvin Muskin with 184. He's 28 points down, followed by Ciancerillo with 42 points back. Tomac's really in a hole. Defending champ is 47 points down, so some miracles got to happen. 250 class from Red Bud 2. RJ Hampshire wins his first national with a 2-3 for first overall, followed by Dylan Fernandez with a 5-2. 
and McElrath with a 110, believe it or not, for third overall. That's a crazy moto score, but uh, 250 class is still held on by uh, J-Mart with 216 points, followed by Dylan at 207 points. He was only nine points down, really close racing in the 250 class. Really great to see. It's been competitive. It's been fun. Looking forward to the next round. Was it Ferrandis in that second race? Ferrandis, who just had a really bad start and had to come back and just flew through the field. Am I getting that right? You are. He passed 38 riders to get to second place. The guy, when he gets a bad start, he just lights it on fire. He just had some bad luck so far this year, but he's still in it. You know, it's 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 not too far gone for him. I think he's the fastest guy out there, even though Jamar holds the lead. But we'll see. I mean, they got four more rounds to go, and uh, I'm anxious to see how this shapes up. Me too. We also have some European racing, MXGP in Italy. We had uh, Antonio Cairoli win the overall this last weekend. It was great to see. He's the Valentino Rossi of motocross to have him take an overall. He did it with a 2-2, followed by Tim Geyser and uh, Jorge Prado in third on his KTM. And then MX2, Tom Vial continues to lead and lead the points. So Cairoli now is the points leader. And the big story in MXGP is Jeffrey Hurlings, the guy who was leading the points going into this round in Italy, crashed in practice and hurt his neck, was hauled away to the hospital and... Uh, I understand he's okay. He's going to be coming back, but he's losing valuable points. He's dropped a third in the overall standings right now. What do you got going on in road racing, PJ? Oh, man, what a weekend. Misano, Italy, incredible MotoGP race, ultimately won by a Yamaha ridden by Franco Morbidelli, followed by Francesco Bagnaia and Johan Mir at the line. Valentino Rossi, the story of the race, held second place, sadly, until pretty much the last lap, and the two guys that were behind him clearly had more pace than him. One of them maybe got by him before the last lap, but Rossi held in for a valiant fourth place and really was riding on fire. Yamaha's owned the early uh, qualifying portion of the weekend. It really looked like it was going to be a Yamaha show. Of course, Morbidelli delivered on that promise, but it wasn't one of the factory riders. The other interesting story of the weekend is just the terrible luck that Vinales ran into. So after this weekend's pretty significant shakeup, Andrea Davizioso is currently in the lead in the championship, but it is literally anyone's championship to win. Dovey's sitting on 76, Fabio Cortoraro sitting on 70, Jack Miller, who these guys finished out of the top five, are still the points leaders. Cortoraro on 70, Miller on 64, Johan Mir with his performance on the podium now in fourth place on 60, Vinales. Not a good weekend. Had to pull off 58 overall points in the championship. Now tied with his teammate Rossi on 58. So there's only 18 points separating the top six guys in the category. So it's anybody's race. Further, we had New Jersey Motorsports Park for Moto America. What a weekend. Cam Bobier does the double yet again, solidifying his outstanding points lead. Currently, he's sitting on 275 over Jake Gagne. In race one, Matthew Skoltz kept him honest all the way to the line, taking second with Tony Elias returning to the podium. Congrats, Tony. Race two saw Bobier again. Gagne in second with Matthew Skoltz coming home third in the overall points. Bobier again does lead on 275 with Gagne, 84 adrift, and Skoltz a total of 90 back right there in the fight with Gagne. We also had super sport results. Uh, Richie Escalante won the first race over Brandon Posh and Sean Dillon Kelly. Race two, invert that. Sean Dillon Kelly, Brandon Posh stays in second, and Escalante in third. 
Overall points, Escalante's got a 30 points lead over Sean Dillon Kelly in the overall championship with Brandon Posh back at 89 points. In the stock race, we saw Cam Peterson, Corey Alexander, Michael Gilbert, and the big story of the other two classes, Twins and Junior Cup, Rocco Landers wins all four available races. The kid is on fire. Can't wait to see more of him. That's it for the road racing news. This week's Pit Pass trivia question is the first motocross race held inside a stadium took place on August 28th, 1948 at which stadium? Interesting question and I'm really looking forward to the answer, but coming up next is our guest, Andrew Lee. Soon to be Moto America racer, Franklin Armory Superbike Unlimited rider, Andrew Lee. Welcome to Pit Pass, Andrew. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I'm excited to talk. Right on. So, Andrew, we know your name as race fans from a number of race categories, race series. What have you been up to lately, man? Just a lot of training, getting ready for uh, the opportunity coming up here actually this weekend. So, got to do some racing over the past weekend, doing an endurance race out at Pit Race with Army of Darkness on an R1. So, just being able get on the bike and put some training to use how'd you guys go army of darkness is historically kind of a dominant race team in the endurance class we went well it was my first time riding a r1 and on michelin so it was a little bit of a learning curve but we came out with the win over second place they had an incident with like three laps to go and we uh were able to win by three laps in uh the four hours so it was a pretty successful event, I'd say. Wow, so you guys were battling right to the wire, it sounds like. If you got back three laps, because they had problems with three to go. Yep, yeah, it was, uh, it was a close race. Right on. So what are you going to be riding in the Superbike category this upcoming weekend at Barber? At Barber, I'm getting to race a 2019 ZX-10RR prepared by Superbike Unlimited. It's a shop out there in North Carolina and they've been building the bike for a few years. The owner, Freddie, gets to race it a lot and uh, we were lucky enough to get it prepped and ready for this weekend. So this deal, has was it in the making for a while or was this kind of a, just an opportunity that came up as this uh, Moto America season seems to have solidified as far as the calendar goes? Yeah, it was a kind of a spur of the moment deal. We kind of started pursuing this about two weeks ago maybe three weeks ago. And our only intention right now is to uh, do Barber, but I got to go out there and test the bike and kind of get acclimated to a super bike. It's a lot different than what I was racing, but yeah, I'm excited to go out there and race with the likes of Cameron Bobier, Jake Gagne, and those guys. What's that like, Andrew, jumping from, you know, you said you were on the R1 last weekend at pit race, and now you're gearing up to get on the ZX-10. Racers get comfortable for a while on their rides. What's that, what's that like going back and forth between brands and setups? You know, it's a little bit different, I would say more so from the setup side, because this year I've gotten to ride a few different bikes, one ZX-10 and one R1, but they all vary due to setup. I think if you ride a good setup bike, they're pretty similar. Just kind of have to find a little bit of uh, the differences between the riding techniques from bike to bike, but anyone can really get on any bike and go ahead and ride and enjoy it. Yeah, I would agree at your level. Most of the racers are, you know, they're capable regardless of the, of the equipment, but uh, for the layman, what, what would they feel? What, what would be the difference for the average rider? What would they see and feel from one to the other? So I think the R1 to the ZX-10, for example, maybe the seating position, just a little bit different with like the tank shape and kind of the seat size. 
I would say the power delivery on the R1 is a little bit more smooth and linear compared to the ZX10 being a little bit more of a like an old-fashioned like two-stroke where it kind of kicks into the power band and takes your arms off a little bit. Could be that Yamaha design with the cross-plane crank yeah. where they uh, altered the, the power delivery. They're both fun to ride. I, I enjoy riding motorcycles just in general. So every chance I get, I'll, I'll ride something new. So in the Superbike class, Andrew, of course, we have the close to world Superbike spec, if not identical to world Superbike spec. Are the electronics comparable? I mean, is it the same system or is the two different bikes using totally different systems? Or, or is it similar enough that you can use the same engineer slash some of the same data? It's actually really different. On the Superbike I'm getting to race, it has the Motec. ECU and the bike I got to race last year had flash tuned. I think with the stock bike, you actually have to use a stock ECU. And I think with the Motec, it's not a stock ECU. I might be wrong. <laughs> no, I think you're correct there. There's a lot of differences. I think the adjustability of a Motec system versus the KRT or FT ECU is a lot different. But I think that's the biggest separating factor between a stock bike and a super bike, just being the uh, adjustability of what you can actually do to the electronics. And the team you're running with, I'm sure, has got a real good handle on that as they've been running that bike for more than a minute. What else have you been up to this season? Have you been out on other uh, guest rides, if you will, or are you contesting any uh, of the amateur series around the country at all? I did a round of AFM with a shop down in Southern California, and then I've been doing the Colorado series with Moto Station and Corey Cohen on a uh, ZX-10. So I've gotten to do some competitive laps around the country so far this year. I consider myself ready for battle here this weekend, I hope. No one's doubting your abilities. Where do you call home base, Andrew? I live in Reno, Nevada right now. Just enjoying the nice smoky skies from the California wildfires. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. I swear, it's, I mean, I'm in the Midwest in Iowa. There's fires as far as Colorado right now. I swear there have yeah. been days recently that I can smell smoke. I mean, I swear I'm smelling smoke, and I don't know if that's even possible, but it, it's definitely changing our weather here, even in the Midwest. <laughs> it's, it's making things a bit hazy. It's unfortunate that one of the larger wildfires in California is actually by my parents' house. So they've got an evacuation warning, and it's been a uh, eventful past week or two with that so what have you got planned after you said this is at least currently designed to be a one-off ride for this superbike ride this coming weekend at barber of course there are a couple more rounds in the season any uh thoughts about them or all focus on the upcoming race i've personally got all my focus on the upcoming race my main goal is to kind of go out there and learn from the best in the country and kind of see where i can rank up against them and see what I can learn from them. I don't really have any other plans regarding this season. I'm just hoping it kind of gets my name out there a little bit with maybe what I can do in the Superbike class and, you know, put some credibility to it and see if I can put a program together to get me out there for a full season next year on the Superbike grid. This season has been very interesting as far as viewership. We mentioned it in our opening Moto America sponsors pit pass, which we are so happy to have them as a, a key sponsor, but the numbers are just through the roof. And I, I'm really hoping that does something for racers such as yourself, as far as 
getting more uh, sponsorship dollars into the series so that more guys can get on competitive rides and go out and compete. Are you getting any sense that that's actually happening? Because I'm sure you are out there beating the bushes, uh, attempting to drum up dollars to make a season happen. Yeah, I think generally people are pretty happy with how the series is trending right now. And I would say so myself that I agree. I think their production has gotten a lot better over the years. I mean, I look at it as they're steadily growing. And I think that with the signs of growth that the money will come, we've got some of the most competitive people in the world, I would say. So being able to get a good program to go challenge those guys is really vital. And I think the Superbike class will continue to grow. I think, you know, just getting some more teams out there like the Westby team with, you know, strong privateer effort with strong riders is going to be really vital to keep it growing. Absolutely. And it's, there's a lot of room in this series for a lot of people. And uh, we really hope it continues going the direction it, it currently is with the the way motorcycle sales have gone this year. It would stand to reason there are more people watching motorcycle racing, more people own them than have ever owned them in recent history. And I mean, Moto America they were the first pro series to go racing. So the whole world's been watching our national series for a while. And that's got to make it exciting for a guy like you, I would think. Absolutely. I've been watching it from home and I'm like, oh, I just really want to be out there. So I'm really excited to just go out there and be able to go race Barber. I think Barber is one of the best tracks in the country too. And hopefully the, the viewership keeps growing throughout the year. And maybe even we get a lot of interest from new people to keep coming back to log in and maybe even come to the track. What about things like the Daytona 200? Did you have plans this year? Of course, the race didn't happen. And sadly, we now know it's not going to happen in this calendar year. There's all intentions that it's going to happen next year. Is that something that you annually make a go of or have done or have not done? I haven't done it yet. That's one of the races that I've always been interested in doing. Unfortunately, I just don't own a 600. So it would be more so if I would have to look for a ride to get on for that one. But that's definitely a race I've always been interested in competing in. I think it's hard to say you've raced pro if you haven't done the Daytona 200. <laughs> yeah, amazing. And hopefully someday you get a chance at it. We'd really like to see you out there. Andrew, before we, uh, we're wrapping up here, I want to give you a chance to thank any sponsors. I know you've got upcoming ride in that team, but I suppose you've probably got some sponsors who've stuck with you for a while. We want to give you a chance to mention them before we wrap up. Personally, I'd like to thank my family obviously for sticking with me all these years and uh additionally franklin armory has stuck with me for the past couple seasons and really made everything possible uh, to continue racing superbike unlimited they've came on board to help get the bike prepped and get it built for this upcoming weekend and cool breeze refrigeration wonder cbd Kawaguchi honda showy helmets and i've just have so many supportive friends and special thank you to my new trainer and gym regulus fitness and miles brazil he's uh kicked my butt into gear and went out and raced that endurance race and could have done another one so <laughs> yeah just awesome and can't thank all these guys enough for putting putting effort into the program and getting us out there for at least one showing for the year all right andrew well thank you again for joining us on pit pass we look forward to watching you race this weekend and uh, hopefully we get to talk about some success that you have in the future awesome thank you guys thanks for having me this week's Pit Pass trivia question again was the first motocross race held indoors in a stadium took place on August 28, 1948. And which stadium did that happen at? Dave, what was the answer? I'm blown away. I honestly was when I saw this question, but it's great. It's a, it's a great question in history. And it was at Buffalo Stadium in a Paris suburb of Montrouge. 
if I'm pronouncing that correctly, I'm not exactly French, but the point is I honestly had no idea there was a motocross race held inside a stadium prior to 1972, I want to say. Yeah, in Anaheim, right? Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, this era of motorcycle racing was right about the time motocross really developed into a sport because prior to that, it was a thing called scrambles. And the British and the Belgians will argue with each other over who kind of came up with the idea of, of racing motorcycles in the dirt. But uh, they eventually evolved into what we now know as, as motocross, which is a gate drops and it's a closed course and you race for so many laps or a period of time. But it's interesting that that's about the time when that sport was really, truly turning into a sport. You had all these people coming home from the war and they had money to spend and they liked motorcycles and vehicles and things with engines and turned to motorcycle racing. That is impressive. I would have never guessed that either, Dave. Yeah, it was a great question and a great find, and uh, I'm further educated for it. In upcoming road racing news, we have Moto America this weekend at Barber Motorsports Park. Looking forward to that event. We also have Mizano 2, the MotoGP Circus stays on site in Misano to get the second round at that track and World Superbike is going to Spain. They'll be at the Catalonia course. So look forward to that race as well. What's going on in the off-road world? Coming up in outdoor motocross, we've got Spring Creek, which is Millville, Minnesota coming up on September 19th. Now that's a key round to watch because Alex Martin and Jeremy Martin, are that's their home track. Their parents own it. You got J-Mart leading the series in the 250 class. So it's going to be great, going to be epic. I can't wait to see it. Thank you again to Andrew Lee for joining us today. And thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app where you'll get alerts when new episodes are uploaded. And if you have a moment, please rate and review us. We really appreciate it. Make sure you're also following us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and pitpassmoto.com, where you can check out our all-new blog. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcasts. A special thank you to Tommy Boy Halverson, Chris Bishop, producer Leah Longbreak, and audio engineers Eric Coltnow and Dave Douglas. I'm PJ. And I'm Dave. We'll see you next week. Keep the sunny side up. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.